0: Well, (laughs) what's up, everybody? Anthony Cazenza here with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. That was not ideal, less than ideal in terms of outcome and all kinds of different things with the week one matchup with the Cincinnati Bengals and the Pittsburgh Steelers. A lot of folks believe that the Bengals would honestly boat race the Pittsburgh Steelers in week one. And that was just not the case. The odds makers had the Bengals as a touchdown favorite. I think I had heard about 70 plus percent of the public who had bet on this game, bet on the Bengals covering not only winning, but just covering that spread. Crazy. Obviously a lot of factors at play here, both uh, a lot of things within the Bengals control, a lot of things not in the Bengals control that got the result that we saw today. Um, there is a lot to dissect here. We'll go through the box score a little bit. We'll go through a lot of different things. Um, but we also have some questions to ask, some of which we may have answers to, some, which, some of which we don't have answers to at this point in time. And I, I kind of want to hear from all of you about your thoughts right now about, are, are you hitting the panic button? Are you not? What did you make of today? Um, you know, I, I, we, we, Kind of can talk, we can have a dialogue a little bit, or I guess a monologue in this case. We can have a monologue, I guess, or a dialogue about you know preseason play. We talk about, of course, it's it's paramount to keep your guys healthy. It's paramount to get them, uh, you know, to have them all hands on deck for the regular season. But my lord, that this this looked like a rusty team today in terms of the Bengals not you know not giving their best foot forward against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, oh man, um, a lot to get to, a lot to get to. Here's the bottom line. The Steelers did a lot of Steelers things today. And I mean that both as a compliment to the Steelers. And I mean that both as a little bit of a slight. The Steelers played really, really well on defense. And they played very, very stout football on the defensive line. There is no doubt about it. Cam Hayward had his way with the Bengals' offensive line, namely Cordell Volson and others. Alex Highsmith, a guy who you heard Mark Bergen from the Believe Podcast Network talk about as a key player this week, had his way with Jonah Williams early in this game. T.J. Watt was everywhere, and credit to T.J. Watt because not only was he in the backfield, tackles for loss, sacks, all that kind of stuff, but that interception that he had early in this game and the tip ball preceding it pointed to a lot of not only experience, but film review and everything knowing and and seeing what the Bengals were going to do on offense Um, on those two plays, you watch the tip pass and you watch the interception that he had at the line of scrimmage from Joe Burrow. He didn't even bother rushing the passer. He didn't even engage with lay Collins on those plays. And he just saw he, 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 from memory and from what he saw on film, he made some some very distinctive plays and some plays that said a lot about this game. Here's the bottom line, though, folks. The Bengals shot themselves in the foot a lot of times today. The referees did not do a lot of favors for the Cincinnati Bengals today. A lot of injuries today, and that can both point to and against the notion about playing your guys in preseason, but there were a lot of things that snowballed on the Bengals. And unfortunately, here's, here's the bottom line with this. You're going to hear a lot of things that are, we're going to, that are going to play into that national narrative of all of those folks who said the Bengals were frauds and they got lucky last year and all the bounces bounced their way last year and all of that. And you're going to hear for a while until they prove otherwise that, you know, they have this Super Bowl hangover. There are a lot of things, you know, if, if you follow Jeremy Rausch on Twitter, which I recommend you do covers the Bengals and a local 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 news guy for the, for the Cincinnati area. Great guy. Um, he had noted that Joe Burrow was standing by his locker, sitting by his locker, hanging out in the locker room for a long time in this one. And if you're going to, and we'll talk about different questions and talking points and different things that, that, you know, come out of this outcome. But if you're going to question the Bengals, if you're going to, if you're a Steelers fan, and this is no offense to you because the Steelers, I will tell you the effort level of the Pittsburgh Steelers today was through the roof. The effort level of the Pittsburgh Steelers cannot be questioned. Their defensive effort, everything. Kudos to them on the effort level. If you if your takeaway from this game was that the Steelers are a better football team than the Cincinnati Bengals, you're flat out wrong because the Pittsburgh Steelers are not a better football team than the Cincinnati Bengals and, and I don't I don't think there's much that you can convince me otherwise about that. However, coaching, maybe organizational stability, all of that stuff, maybe that plays into all of this. But if you're looking at man for man roster across the roster, it's the Steelers are not a better team than the Cincinnati Bengals. That's just not what you know what needs to happen. Now here. And I understand this notion, Steve J. Good from Facebook 84 being Mitchell Wilcox, needs to be gone. This is not Mitchell Wilcox's fault. This is not Evan McPherson's fault per se. This is just one of those freak circumstances in which a team has to try and overcome things. Now, there are certain injuries and decisions that come from injuries that can be questioned. So if you're going to say Mitchell Wilcox lost this game for you, I guess on a surface level, I could see where you're coming from with that, but that's not the case because Mitchell Wilcox is not a long snapper by trade what you're asking Mitchell Wilcox to do in this scenario is not hey Hayden Hurst went down Mitchell Wilcox you got to be our starting tight end in the offense this is something completely different um now may he, i i quite honestly i don't know Mitchell Wilcox's history in long, sna- long snapping i should probably research that but that's not what you're asking Mitchell Wilcox to do in terms of hey our, our starting tight end is out you got to come in on the offense and and be our starting tight end this is something pretty different. Okay. And when you're, when you're talking about, you know, the Bengals going for two and going forward on fourth down and all this kind of stuff, uh, this, this plays right into the fact that Clark Harris was hurt and the Bengals, uh, Zach Taylor was more confident in his defense at times in this game than he was in their offense and their special teams units. So that, you know th- that all kind of comes into play here. So if you're blaming Mitchell Wilcox, if you're blaming Evan McPherson, and all of that, uh, I, I don't, I don't know that that's really proper because you know you're talking about a, a facet of your team that you don't ever really see get lost in in terms of injury, and that's Clark Harris on a freak injury on a punt punt coverage situation, and now you have to resort to Mitchell Wilcox you know being your long snapper in this game. So I I That's not where I see this loss. And you can point to Mitchell Wilcox all you want. The bottom line is here's the thing. I think the Bengals and we'll we'll go through the team stats. What? One sack versus I don't even know how many for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll go into it. Four turnovers, zero turnovers forced. You're not going to win football games that way. And and here's the big takeaway and I'll probably hash this back around at the end of this this show here. Here's the thing. It took the Pittsburgh Steelers to have an epic, epically bad day from Joe Burrow. It took an epically bad day from the special teams unit because their long snapper was out. It took an epically bad day. Once again, from the offensive line for them to come into Paycor stadium and beat the Cincinnati Bengals. That's what it took. Now, did their defense play well? Absolutely. Did the effort level, Uh, Was the effort level way, way high? Yeah, and way higher than it was last year from from the Pittsburgh Steelers than it was last year in the games that you saw there. The Steelers were flat against the Bengals last year. That wasn't the case this year. Now, I do think they got early momentum with that pick six and all that kind of. But man, Bengals defense stepped up time after time after time. And the fact that this game had, you know, Joe Burrow creating or or you know, responsible for four turnovers. I guess five, right? I mean, we'll 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 go through the tail of the tape here in just a second. But when you look at that and you see how close this game was, not only does that tell you the disparity of the rosters, but it tells you just how often the Bengals shot themselves in the foot. Really does, really did. And you can you can talk about all kinds of different things about you know Mitchell Wilcox this and Evan McPherson missed the kick here and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, but there are other things on the coaching standpoint where you go, what happened? What happened? And you can talk about Kevin Huber and overtime punting with about 15, 17 seconds left on the play clock. And then it's like, okay, well, you just gave them a lot of time. And then not only that, the ball sails into the end zone and you touch back it. I mean, what, what's what's kind of the point there? And then on top of that, of course, everybody knows about the Jamar Chase challenge—that touchdown catch or lack thereof at that point—and maybe this becomes a different game. But there were a lot of different things here that you got to call into question. A lot of different things here that call that you call into question. So, uh, yes, Daniel Boyd, this is a great one, by the way. Thank you very much. I thought this in granted we kind of knew this was a rule and it's one of those things that's in the, in the back of your mind, you go, Oh yeah, that, 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 that rule. This, the rule of, you know, Burrow got sacked, fumbled the ball. P Ryan picked it up and advanced it kind of got it back maybe to the line of scrimmage, maybe a yard or two or something like that. That would have set up a potential field goal attempt, which God only knows what would have there because of <laughs> the snapping situation and everything. But that rule is you know if you're not the person who fumbled it backwards you can't you know you have to be the person that that advances it forward well it's it's a really <laughs> it's one of those rules where you go i mean I, I get it in some respects because people will just fumble the ball backwards and be like hey you know go you know if it's a it's a super you know a, a play that's going to be devastating there are some circumstances wherein you would be like hey I'm going to intentionally fumble it backwards to a guy and he's going to advance it up And it's just like kind of a thing that screws with football, honestly. But there are circumstances like what happened here, which was actually a genuine fumble backwards. Guy picks it up and advances it. And it's one of those things where you're like, oh, I mean, that should have been a legitimate play and it was not. So unfortunately it's one of those things where the rules kind of bite you in the butt a little bit on that one and uh, not, you know, it it just really didn't go the Bengals way. And here's, and and that's kind of an overarching theme. Again, we'll kind of talk about some questions and things that we have about the Bengals and all kinds of different things going forward. But that's kind of one of those things where last year, all of, a lot of the calls, the injuries, all that stuff went their way. And, and today, albeit maybe a microcosm in one week, it did not go their way. And late in the game, The Cincinnati Bengals were missing T. Higgins, who, by the way, got concussed from a helmet-to-helmet call that was not called Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd. All those guys, to varying degrees, were not in the game because of injuries. Now, that, again, will be a, a talking point later in terms of do the Bengals need to do some different things in the preseason? We'll see. All right, let's get to the... Box score, we'll get to some other talking points and get on out of here. A lot to talk about. Definitely a a sour taste in the mouth here. Not only because you start the season off on the wrong foot, but you also start the season off with a divisional loss, a home loss. And now you go on the road next week against a seemingly tough Dallas team. I think the Bengals will take care of business next week. I'm not overly worried technically about the Dallas Cowboys I think it'll be a tough game but I think Dallas has has shown some signs of regression which is funny to say I guess if you're (laughs) a Cowboys fan looking at this and saying the Bengals guys talking about regression based on what happened this week I don't know regardless I I I do think the Bengals you know take a nice step forward here next week look at Mitch Trubisky I mean guys this is what this is what irritated the hell out of me about this game today. Mitchell Trubisky, 21 attempts, or 21 completions, 38 attempts, 194 yards. He did have a touchdown, 78.2 rating. I mean, he did nothing. I I, I kind of want to do, I, I wish I had the advanced stats here. The average depth of target had to be, I mean, there were basically two plays today that I can remember off, off memory. One was a, reverse flea flicker thing and one was late in the game where he almost got sacked and made a nice play and a throw that ended up setting up the game-winning field goal but other than that it was like nothing from the Steelers offense nothing look at the rushing yards 22 for 75 3.4 yards per carry didn't get in the end zone 194 passing yards unbelievable The Bengals' defense did an outstanding job today, particularly as it went with Joe Burrow and all the turnovers. Outstanding job. Joe Burrow, not any better. In fact, worse from a rating standpoint. Two touchdowns, albeit four interceptions, 338 yards, 53 attempts. They talked about the balance. They talked about the balance, and it was not there. You look at the amount of plays called, too. Look at this. I mean, you're talking about 53 attempts, 34 rushing attempts, 53 passing attempts, 34 rushing attempts as a team for the Bengals. And you're talking about 38 passing attempts for the Steelers and 22. So what is that? 60 plays for the Steelers. And I mean, uh, 87 for the Bengals. Uh, There's a massive disparity there. And then, of course, look at this number here. Seven sacks. The Bengals spent all this money, all this time, all these resources on fixing the offensive line. Now, Burrow maybe ran into one one or two of those. However, it was a mess up front today. And there were not a lot of players who were immune. I guess you could say Kappa and Karras were the most solid on the line. Jonah Williams had a really tough especially beginning of the day Cordell Volson tough day throughout lay Collins, Collins. Uh, you know, he had some nice moments, but there were points where Watt had his way with him. This, this, this can't happen. Seven sacks, 39 yard. That derails drives and, and that can't happen. Okay. Pretty nice day overall. Considering I thought Joe Mixon did a, a hell of a job with poor blocking Pittsburgh defenders in, in his way throughout the entire game. He had an, a long run. I believe it was the fourth down run of 31 yards. 27 carries, 82 yards, plus seven catches and 63 yards from him on nine targets. So a really, really solid day of work from Joe Mixon. Where the hell was Chris Evans? Where the hell was Chris Evans? Why was he not used, especially when you saw guys go down in the wide receiver group? I, I didn't understand that one. So you can talk about game management. You could talk about the punt situation in overtime where, you know, it, they punted with time left on the play clock and all that kind of stuff. And obviously not challenging the chase, play. where, where was Chris Evans today? I, at any rate, you got Joe Burrow running the ball six catches or six carries 47 yards. Um, Jamar Chase with a Jamar Chase day, 10 catches, 129 yards, plus the touchdown that tied it up. And, of course, the extra point that did not convert. um, I I think that that, you know, you convert that extra point, obviously that game's done. So, um, and then there we go. So uh, Hayden Hurst had a nice second half of the game there. Five catches, 46 yards, had to step up because Boyd and Higgins out of the game. Again, Higgins out of the game because of a helmet-to-helmet hit not flagged, and he's out of the game with a concussion. Samaje Pirine did a lot of dirty work. Three catches for 33 yards. He also had one carry for four yards. Had a nice uh, blitz pickup as well in the game. And then you had one lost fumble from Burrow. Joe Burrow arguably played ar- uh, the worst game of his career, five total turnovers, four interceptions and one lost fumble. And the Bengals still took it to all the way to overtime and lost. So you're going to tell me that the Steelers are the vastly superior team with Joe Burrow committing five turnovers most of which are of just inexcusable fashion quite honestly. Some questionable calls by the by the officials. Does anyone want to talk about the Chadobia Woosier pass interference penalty? All kinds of different things and the Bengals lose by a last ditch effort field goal at the very end of overtime to avoid a tie. And you're going to tell me the Steelers are vastly superior. I applaud the Steelers for who they are, who they have been and their effort today. I I don't, I, it's just not a takeaway I'm getting from this game. And that's what irritates me about this game. There have been many, many times that I have witnessed a Bengals loss at the hands of the Steelers. And it has been because of roster disparity because the Steelers have dominated because of out-coaching and all kinds of different things, um, you can talk about the coaching today, but I don't think you can talk about roster disparity or other things today. I, I, I just I think this was the Bengals once again shot themselves in the foot and couldn't get out of their own way. Mike Hilton with a nice day today, by the way, eight tackles, a quarterback hit, and this is this is really a, another one of those big. Look at this, seven sacks. Nine tackles for loss, nine, uh, what is it, 11 passes defended, or I'm sorry, 11 quarterback hits, nine passes defended, nine tackles for loss, seven total sacks for the, for the Steelers' defense. Go over here, one quarterback sack, four passes defended, and four quarterback hits for the Bengals. Five quarterback hits for the Bengals, excuse me. It, it, you know, major, major disparity there. And it's one of those things I know pressures and, you know, all these other things get, get tallied now. With But sometimes it's the big stats that tell you a lot of things, right? When you have five turnovers and, oh, by the way, let's look over here. Zero lost fumbles, zero interceptions. When you have five turnovers to zero and you have one sack to seven, that's i mean the, it's very very basic i mean we could talk about Pff scores and metrics and all this kind of stuff i mean that that's just basic um so you know we'll go to team stats here and we'll we'll go through a lot of this stuff i mean look at this first downs 32 first downs for the bengals offense 13 for the steelers 32 to 13 32 first downs You see 50% third down efficiency from the Bengals, one of three on fourth down. Look at look at the third down efficiency for the Steelers, four of 15. We and the defense largely did their job aside from the turnovers and the lack of sacks. I know that's a silly statement to make when you say it that way, but really when they weren't getting those stats, what they were doing was getting off of the field. Look at the look at the total play disparity, 94 to 61. The total yards, 432 to 267. I mean, it's just This is one of the weirdest stat lines and weirdest games I think I've ever seen. Look at the rushing yards, 133 to 75. Penalties, Bengals four for 27, eight for 59 against the Steelers. Time of possession, unbelievable. 26, 17 for the Steelers, 43, 43 for the Bengals. These are things where you just go, I I, I, explain to me how this happened today. Explain it, make it make sense.
1: Go to Sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S Y L N $29.com.
0: Uh Sterling Sherwood, why why can we not convert in the red zone? I love the I love the royal wee, by the way. Um well you can't convert in the red zone because you didn't have T. Higgins, you didn't have Tyler Boyd for a time, you didn't have Joe Mixon all not on the same field at the same time for a while. And then of course, poor, poor protection. And look, we can, we can talk to a lot of, you know, we could talk about the offensive line and the injuries and all that stuff. Joe Burrow was not Joe Burrow today. Joe Burrow was not Joe Burrow today. There were points where you go, there were points where he scrambled away from pressure and made a couple of throws. You go, there he is. There's number nine. There's the guy. There were points, though, clean pocket. I think it was the interception where they were driving. Uh, I want to say it's the uh, third quarter, I think. Clean pocket. And he throws the ball. He forces one. I, I think it was to chase. Uh, get The ball gets stepped in front of and, and intercepted. And you go, why, why would you force that throw? Um, so, I mean, Joe Burrow was not Joe Burrow today. In fact, this is when you talk about Joe Burrow committing five turnovers in the game, probably the worst game. And I, I, I haven't even quite honestly, I haven't listened to the press conferences or any of that kind of stuff. I've kept some eyes on, you know, all kinds of different things, but I haven't listened to the press conferences. I would think that he would say that this is probably the worst game he's ever played. Um, and he's probably not throwing his. Teammates or offensive line or anybody else under the bus, I I would just venture a guess to say that he probably feels that this is the worst game he's ever played. Um, So when you you have that, you have some questionable decisions and or bad decisions on the coaching front, and you just have a number of other issues go on, you go, okay, what do we make of this? So here are a handful of questions. I guess rhetorical. I'll provide some insight, but I, I guess I want Bengals fans are smart, so I'm going to pose these questions to you. If you want to leave them in the question in the comments or what have you, your your take on it, please do. If you want to, you know, let us know what you feel on Twitter or anything, please do. That's what this is about. I want to interact with you, but um, th- these are kind of rhetorical questions, and if you've got responses, I'd love to hear it. But here, here are some of the things that you're gonna you're gonna hear about, talk about, think about, all that kind of stuff. Number one, unfortunately, uh, Mark Bergen, who joined us, God bless him, who is on the Believe Podcast Network, saying a lot of people are bullish on the Bengals this year and blah, 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 blah. And I I think John and I were taken uh, by surprise with that because we have found that quite a few national media members do not have the Bengals in their favor for a lot of different reasons. And they're going to regress. It's the Bengals, right? It's the Bengals. They're going to regress. You're going to hear a lot about that this week. And You're going to hear a lot about how the Bengals spent a lot of capital on the offensive line, their main weakest, their biggest weakness, all of that, and it didn't work, didn't fix things. You're going to hear a lot about that. Do you buy that? Do you not? Somehow, some way, even with some of the nice plays by Joe Mixon, there is still a lot of contact behind the the line of scrimmage, at the line of scrimmage, shortly after the line of scrimmage on run plays. There are still seven sacks. Whether you want to blame Joe Burrow, blame the offensive line, blame coverage, blame anything, there's seven sacks today committed against the Bengals. So all of these things are going to be talked about. Number two, the Steelers reassert themselves in the AFC North. The Bengals are back in the cellar. Really? It took, I said this on Twitter, it took pretty much acts of God for Steelers, for the Steelers to win this game today. The worst game of Joe Burrow's college or professional career, maybe even high school. Massive injuries, which, by the way, were somewhat caused by spearing and other types of tackles that are just part and parcel of the Steelers. Go look at the T. Higgins play that caused him to leave that game. And, of course, a long snapper injury, which created chaos on the special teams unit. However, good teams find a way. That's the flip side of the argument. Good teams find a way. So... If the Bengals were going to have to do it without Clark Harris, they were going to have to learn on the fly and do it. And they almost did. They almost did. So there's that narrative. Then you have a couple of other things that you need to think about. One of which is the preseason approach. Now, I know Joe Burrow had the appendectomy, appendicitis, the whole deal. You don't want to mess with that. You have four new starters on, off- on the offensive line. Four of five positions. Four. Volson was really, and he was vying for the starting job, Volson was really the only guy that got a lot of starting reps and a lot of reps in general in the preseason did not play next to the new additions on the offensive line did not play to the only remaining guy on the offensive line and Jonah Williams. They, they got no work. Joe Burrow, the new offensive line, Joe Mixon, the receivers, they got no work together in the preseason. So I understand. And of course, Joe Joe Burrow tweaks an ankle or Joe Mixon hurts his knee or something in the preseason. You go, that's why you don't play him. I understand. I, I, I get it. It's a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. But when you see something like this today and you see obvious rust, you see obvious communication and or a lack of cohesion, especially on the offensive line. These guys have not played together before. This is not one new starter on the offensive line being plugged into guys who've played together. This is four new starters on the offensive line. So the the talk or the thought, now granted it's hindsight is twenty twenty. You can't do anything about it now. It's preseason. But as you go forward, do you maybe want to give them a series or two in the preseason? You don't want them injured, but God, you don't want a freaking result that we saw today. Right. You may want to think about that. You may want to think about that. So and then, of course, you go, okay. If the rust is on the players for not playing in the preseason. It is the rust on some of the coaches, because you look at things today and I mean, I, I said there was one play where Joe Mixon got hit in the backfield. I think he lost three yard. I, I, I have to go back and look, but I'm, I'm saying don't, you know, against this formation, don't run the ball right now. Don't run the ball right now. Ran the ball, super predictable. I think it was Watt that came in and had a, a big tackle for loss. And I, I'm not saying I told you so, and I'm this soothsayer. I'm just saying it's one of those things where if me, the dummy, looking at this, formation and looking at how things are lined up saying uh, and, and how the flow of the game is going saying don't run the football in this situation you run the football you lose yards and it derails a drive I would think that maybe the coaching staff would recognize some of that as well as well as the Jamar Chase challenge that call as well as just different things to say you know let's let's make things easier on our quarterback because this isn't working now Joe Burrow may be dictating some of those things as well saying hey this is what we're going to do and it's not working. I do think now things will change with Boyd being back and Higgins being back and Mixon being back in the lineup and everybody back in there together once again. But I do think we something we learned is that Hayden Hurst deserves to be in the mix more. Um and, and we liked what we've seen some things and he was not a factor early he was a factor late. Um he's a guy that needs to be in there. The Bengals need The other thing that's a takeaway, how critical is special teams? And it's not just for the Cincinnati Bengals. You go look to the Tennessee Titans. Did you see who missed the field goal at the end of that one? 47-yarder to win it? Mr. Randy Bullock missed that one to win it. Issues across the board with kicking, field goals, all that kind of stuff. That's part and parcel of the NFL. The Bengals have a great kicker. Hell, they were in the game for a while because of a 59-yard Hail Mary field goal attempt that Evan McPherson made. However, you disrupt that batter. This is why Darren Simmons kept this group intact. Huber, Harris, McPherson, because he knows how valuable they are. They He knows – how it goes. And we'll have to hear more about Clark Harris and whatnot, but man, that's why you keep that crew intact. You saw today. And as it is, it's so easy to blame a Mitchell Wilcox. It's so easy to blame an Evan McPherson. It's so easy to blame a Joe burrow. It's, it's a combination of a lot of different things. And it took miracles this this is this is I guess the the you know the light at the end of the tunnel if you're a Bengals fan. It took miracles for the Steelers to beat the Bengals in this one. Doesn't sit right, doesn't feel good. In fact, it almost makes it worse in some ways, but it took miracles for the Steelers to pull this win out. And it took the Bengals tripping over themselves to the tune of five times turnover wise on offense multiple times in the special teams unit because they couldn't get the right rhythm and kicking and all of that down. And that's why you saw them lose at the very, very end of regulation. Very, very end. And (laughs) I kind of, you know, people are obviously and rightfully so coming up to the defensive money, Mac and McPherson and whatnot. This is why when you see like, this may be a terrible analogy, but. When you see someone, a professional baseball player in the home run derby go up and they have a specific guy that throws them the pitches and it's boom, boom. And that's that's what they're used to, to hitting it out of the park. That's why you keep this system intact of Harris, Huber, McPherson. That's why this was, you know, some people are like, where's Chrisman? Where's because if McPherson and Simmons are comfortable with this battery of guys on their special teams unit and you keep it together, you keep it together. And, and you saw why today they did that. So at any rate, there's just a lot to sift through with this, a lot of emotion, a lot of disappointment and other things to sift through. But I hope you kind of think about some of those questions and some of those things that you're going to hear about a lot this week. And a lot of things that, uh, you know, the Bengals need to address. And yeah, DeMondre Jones, yes, the the pass rush was non-existent today for a lot of different reasons. I think they're still feeling things out with it, but also the Steelers did a great job of screens, swing passes, let Trubisky run it, all these different things. They were not going to let him do a lot. He had 77 yards passing, at the half 77 and and half of it was from that weird trick play thing if you saw that Steelers offense today and you said that's a dominant offense that's why this team's going to make the playoffs that's why this team is going to rule the AFC North if you saw that Steelers offense today now I, I know I'm probably putting my own foot in my mouth by talking about offenses when the Bengals committed five turnovers on their own but if you saw that offense today. And you said, that's a productive offense in the making. I I don't know how you could come away with that because quite honestly, I, I, I was insanely frustrated with this game because I saw what the Steelers could not do on offense. And I was just beside myself at the Bengals continuing to shoot themselves in the foot with a lot of different, a lot of different mistakes. So, again, week one's weird. We know that. It doesn't really mean, it means a lot, but it doesn't really indicate a lot sometimes. This next week against Dallas is a big, big game. You cannot fall into an 0-2 hole. Big game. What do you believe about the narrative, the national narrative about the Bengals are frauds. The Bengals were lucky last year; they got all the bounces at last year. They're not going to get them this year. Do you still believe that that's false, or do you think that that may have a little bit of truth in it now, based on what we saw today? What do you make of of this team if they can, you know, if, if some of these injuries linger, some of these issues linger? Do you think they can overcome it? Do you think it was just too tough because it was in-game and all these things hit him at once? Things to think about. Things to think about. And then, of course, the preseason narrative of do you play guys or do you not? Because the Bengals didn't play basically any of their starters. Now, the defense looked like they were fine. Aside from, you know, hey, I wish you could get a little more pat, uh, The defense wasn't the issue really today. I mean, you could look at the lack of sacks. You could look at the lack of turnovers, of course. But really, the defense wasn't doing things. It's not like they were doing that plus allowing 40 points and a ton of yards and all this kind of stuff. They Their game plan today was get off the field. It wasn't sacks. It wasn't turnovers. It wasn't that stuff. It was just get off the field, and that's what they did. So you can't really look at the Bengals' defense and say that's why they lost. It was Self-inflicted turnover, self-inflicted errors, the special teams issues, and then the the injuries. And then, of course, a couple of questionable decisions by the coaching staff or non-decisions by the coaching staff. All things you need to consider. All things you need to consider. Here's the other thing, and I'll leave you with this. A lot of people are thinking about jumping off the ledge here with the Bengals. Oh, you know, there's the hangover. There it is. There it is. I get it. I'm, I'm not there. But I I think of that. I think of that. Here's the other part of it, though. Look back to last year and think about some of these games. Think about the rebounds from them. Now, granted, the Steelers are always a benchmark game, a benchmark team on the Bengals' schedule. So I get that. Week one, a benchmark game, a tone setter, all of that. I get that. However, look at week two last year. Bears. Do you remember that one? That was awful. Look at the Jacksonville game that they won. You remember that one? Not great. Look at the game against the Packers last year where nobody could kick a field goal. Remember that one? And then you can go all the way through the Denver game they barely won. That was gross. Then you can look at the 49ers game they lost. Ugly game, right? And somehow they still got it done still got it done what's gonna be key though get healthy find a way to overcome any injuries that you have they're gonna need more pass rush they're gonna need so so when we talk about how nicely the defense played today what needed to happen and what wasn't there today that was there in years past was complimentary football Defense is playing like crap. The offense is lighting it up. Offense isn't playing well. They get some big, big days from special teams. Special teams is non-existent. Defense is creating turnovers, pick sixes, all kinds of different things. That wasn't there today. And that's a little concerning. So, at any rate, those are things to think about. Those are things likely the Bengals are thinking about this week. And it's a tough, this is a tough one. It's not just a tough one to swallow because it's the Steelers. It's a tough one to swallow because it's week one. It's your home opener, new stadium name, all this kind of stuff. And you're coming off of a Super Bowl appearance and you think that you're just going to ride this momentum and all of that. And it just, there are a lot of things today where I just said, wow, I've just never, I haven't seen this before from some of these players, namely Joe Burrow and others. I've just never seen this before. So I I think we're all still optimistic. I think really, if you're going to look at this from an optimistic point of view, you can say the Bengals played arguably the worst that that they could have played today. And it took almost five full quarters for their bitter rivals to beat them because of that with injuries and everything. So that, that said though, <laughs> you got to get in the wind calm. You can, you can say you can take all these moral victories all you want. And you can say, Hey, you know, this is just an anomaly or all that. Well, you better start winning games. You know, 17 games is one game more than it used to be, but, it's still a quick season. It goes by fast. You got to start winning games and you got to start beating teams in your division again. And oh, by the way, Ravens won, Browns won, Steelers beat the Bengals. Guess who's on the bottom there. Cincinnati. Not good. At any rate, Bengals take on Dallas in Dallas next week. And uh interesting game. I think the Bengals will rebound as I sit here right now. Maybe I'm just being too optimistic. But again, a lot of things to think about, a lot of talking points coming out of this when Bengals lose 23-20 to to the Steelers at home and not a great way to start the season. But again, one other thing to think about, is this the wake-up call that this team needs? Is this the wake-up call that they need to say, hey, man, we are close to that hangover. We got to figure things out. Joe Burrow, I got to figure things out. Zach Taylor, I got to figure things out. Offensive line, we got to figure things out. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. We'll see. Take care, everybody. We'll be back this week with Happening Headlines, our show, listener questions, all kinds of different things. I hope you enjoy this. Keep it to CincyJungle.com for all your news, opinions, analysis, and everything. And, of course, the Cincy Jungle podcast channel with this show. Talking Football with Bengal Jim and Friends, as well as Coach Speak and Chalk Talk from Matt Minnick. You can get that by subscribing to the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel on your favorite audio streamer. And, of course, right over here, if you like the YouTube, click that little icon down there. Subscribe to our channel, our YouTube channel. Click the bell to be notified when we go live when new content is available. And, of course, go to www.givesandgo.com dot com slash pollock family foundation and give to the pollock family foundation donate there we've got prizes for you we're going to be doing this for a little while here so we're going to close it up pretty soon though so you got to get in there if you want to be eligible for some great Bengals prizes support a great cause from a bank former Bengals player and uh we appreciate the support there thanks everybody enjoy the rest of your sunday enjoy the rest of your football weekend we'll be back this week with a ton of other material hope you enjoy it Take care and we'll see you soon.